Kassat Podcast Network. We are delighted to have Mariah with us here today. Mariah is the wife of a firefighter. She is a first grade teacher and she is a volunteer with the Nevada uh, Peer Support Network. So thank you for joining us today, Mariah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. So as we get started, um, as you know, this podcast is for family members of first responders. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about what it's like to be a family member of a first responder? Well, it's incredible, really. It's a very, it's a huge honor. (laughs) I feel like I got a little emotional there right off the bat. We are so proud of my husband, also father. He is a father of two teenagers now. We have a boy and a girl, 15 and 16, a freshman and a sophomore. And I'll just tell you right off the bat, like they both want to follow in their father's footsteps. That's their goal is they really are so, so proud of him and love what he does that that's where they're headed. So very honored to be married to such a wonderful man. That's incredible that they're going to follow his footsteps and it really has become a lifelong family career. So speaking from that, from that family side of, of having a spouse who is a first responder and love the, the honor and, and obviously um, being so proud of, of dad and, and husband, um, what are, are some of the, the, the good and some of the challenges that come with, with having a dad or a husband as a firefighter? There's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, we're we're really far into it. My husband just celebrated in, in April his 16th year with the department. So we have gone through our, you know, entire, we've raised our family through the whole thing. And as small children, lots of challenges. I mean, really being a single mom a lot of the time. And so the challenges that that brings starting a new family, but then the time that he, on the other, there's just such a flip side to that. On the other side, the time that we'd get with him. I mean, when we had small children, he was home. We didn't have to do the whole daycare thing because he had that opportunity to be home with them, you know, on like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because of the way that they work their schedule where he would be on for 48 hours at a time, but then home for 96. So as small, you know, small children, it was a big challenge on all of us, on myself and the kids, you know, where's dad? Holidays play such a big role in that where we're celebrating, you know, milestones or different holidays on days that aren't necessarily like calendar related. But the time that we got with him outweighed any time that he was gone. It was just such a blessing. And he he really reflects on that now that we have two teenagers is how lucky he was to be in a career that he loved and be able to be such a family man and be really home with our kids, raising them while I was teaching five days a week. So my schedule's kind of always been, I'm out of the house Monday through Friday and really attached to other children. And so he got to take on that role as um, the uh, daytime daddy and he loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. And so obviously, I mean, a lot of a lot of really good and a lot of challenges. And I imagine in, in the midst of it is more difficult than looking back, seeing kind of how beautiful it was and a lot of the 
the benefits. And I and is it that experience that's really kind of I don't I don't want to say led you to or pushed you to, but that really kind of led to this, you know, volunteering to help wives of other first responder um, families? I love that question. Absolutely. I think uh, the fire family is so powerful. And I think because we're the only ones that get each other. We get that our husbands or wives are gone for 48 hours at a time. And this family of firefighters really lean on each other to fill that void when the husbands or wives are gone at the department. So we build these bonds and I see it all over um, different departments, not just ours, but I see it all throughout the city and county that they, and you hear about it. I mean, it's kind of like that. You see it on TV, the, the fire family, like once you're together, you're just together forever. And it, there is so much truth to that. So it definitely led to that volunteer part where, uh, you know, us women are together, raising our children, doing our mommy thing while the husbands or again, wives are gone for that 48 hours. And that's so much support with each other. And the way that we even started volunteering is a girlfriend of mine from high school had a husband that became very ill with terminal brain cancer. And we were just kind of chatting one night about what can we do for this family? And here I have these women at my fingertips that we're all just ready. I can call on 15 of you in a, in a text message and say, hey, can y'all put together a dinner? And it's like the snap of a finger. And it was so easy that it just turned into, and I get goosebumps just talking about it, it turned into so much more because that that family unit that we create with the fire department. I love that. And I, what I love about this series of, of because I've come into it from from an ex my main experience with first responders has been from um, you know probably highly accurate television shows like nine one one and Grey's Anatomy and so my I think that's all my kids have watched during during the pandemic as they've watched all of these and they've gone from what to be a surgeon to a firefighter to you know we'll see but um, but I think the thing that surprised me is is understanding the, the logistics that go into it. But I think too, the support that comes with, with being a first responder and being a family and that support that you feel with each other, which is, is almost in a sense kind of countercultural nowadays to have that type of support. And so I wonder if, was that easy to build or was it kind of a natural builder? Did it take some effort to really start you know, connecting with, with some of these other spouses and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think for me, it was really natural. And I'll just say that's really because of my personality. I take on that role of that leadership. And so I put myself out there. Let's make friends. Let's do this. Inviting. Because the, the, the first responders, the, uh, they go through an academy together. And so they're building a bond while they're together in this academy. And so it's really easy for the spouses or girlfriends or even mothers and fathers that, you know, of younger um, first responders to kind of do that build on the outside, but it takes a leadership role. So I would say that although it was really easy, let's say for my husband's academy, because I took on that role, I wouldn't say it's always 
that easy. Another reason why I've developed the Northern Nevada Firewives page is because I can kind of help facilitate some of that. I'm getting women and men that are, well, it is just a, a wives page, but getting them involved with each other. And every time I do something in our community or for our department, more and more people are meeting each other. So I've really kind of taken on that motherly role for the whole department where it did just start with my, my husband's own academy 16 years ago with his small group of 15 people mm -hmm. i i love the theme that keeps coming up is i mean obviously these first responders and um fire support us as a community and, and i think what this is series has been all about is the support that first responders need and their families need and so what i love about your experience is not just what it's like as a as a spouse of a first responder but providing that support right and and the need for that and i think it's important for our community and and for families that are listening to this you know to know that that support's out there and if they're not getting that support that it doesn't mean that it's not available right and so it's important to reach out for that and and to find that and to just ask around until you can cuz i think that support is so necessary I absolutely agree. Uh, absolutely. It is I, definitely with these first responders too, that are gone for many hours. I mean, I know the fire department's schedule looks a lot different than some of our other first responders, but they're all worked at, at a very different level than, you know, our, our business world. Uh, I'm curious, what are some of the services and events that your organization does? We have, we started out with helping a family friend and then we went into kind of our community. I was just so blown away by the response of being able to, again, I kind of felt like this is at my fingertips. I have to utilize this. So I did a um, towel drive. We just lightly or, you know, softly used or new bath towels. And then we delivered them all to the a local woman's shelter. And I got hundreds of towels. I have pictures of just these piles and piles as I added up in my on my ping pong table. And then we also got involved with the um, Reno, the big Reno coat drive one year or well, we've done it a couple years, but what, the first year you did it, it was so awesome. I'm like, bring me all your coats. And all of a sudden I'm just like buried in coats. So that one was awesome. So those are some ones that we've done for our community, but we've done so much to just support our men and women right at the fire department. When some really massive, tragic uh, calls have gone out and the ones that hit us all, wives and responders, so hard are our children. You know, when the children, our husbands and wives go on calls that endure, deal with small children. Those are the ones that they really bring home. So a few years ago, there was a pretty traumatic call. And so for that fire station that had to deal with that, um, the firewives got together and we had breakfast, lunch and dinner catered for them at the station for their entire 48 hour shift. And that one really hit a lot of um, that one really resonated in our department, as they just thought, wow, 
they don't like that recognition and I think it's easier for them. And I could be misspeaking, but just talking to them, I feel like it's a little bit easier when it's coming from the wives that know what they're going through versus the, you know, the person down the street bringing them cookies, which they greatly appreciate. And they get those kind of things all the time and it's beautiful, but I think they are really able to let loose and, and, um, the, the response that I got from the firefighters that were on shift when we did that was having those meals delivered and catered. They sat down and they talked about it. And they, sometimes they don't do that. Mm. You know, they just go on to the next call. And because we brought the food and there was it, it brought up the conversation of this is why this food was delivered was because of what we just witnessed and had to deal with. So let's sit at this table and enjoy this beautiful meal and talk through some of the things that we're all feeling right now. And I remember when I delivered the food to them, one gentleman in particular, he was so thankful that he got that time because they don't make that time for each other. Mm. And that's so, no, don't be sorry. Thank you. Um, It's so much of what we're hearing in this podcast is acknowledging the difficulty, acknowledging the emotions that arise from taking in such horrific um, accidents on a daily basis, and then the need to support each other in community. And so um, it's a beautiful example of that. So Thank you. And I I think that that's great when they do have that time to talk because so many of them don't want to bring it home. And my husband and I haven't been one in a relationship where we did bring it home. He's left it really there at work because I, I think he just knows that it's not something that I want to have a conversation with. We find other ways to help him get through his day when he gets home instead of that release of talking about it. I'm really glad you brought that up. We've heard from first responders, particularly, that transitioning home can be really challenging from going to here I am in my role as a firefighter or a police officer, um, and now I'm mom, dad, uh, you know, son, daughter, etc. And that transition can be really challenging. So I'm curious, what do you guys do in your family to support that transition? We, lots of love and support. (laughs) Um, I think that when the kids were little, because dad got to take care of them, it was a huge distraction. As they've gotten older, we've just really gotten to our groove where especially the weekends when we're all home together, it's just like go mode. We've just come home. He gets home from shift. We make a big breakfast. We spend time together. We talk about some of the stuff he went did at work, but unless it's like really fire related and not very tragic, those conversations do come home. And I think um, my kids kind of have just that angle and they know dad sees lots of things, but they get to see, he, he tells more of the exciting stories and we are a super family, really busy family. We're skiing every weekend, boating when it's when the sun's out. And so we we really, I think we cope with that with distraction. I think um, we just he knows it's this is that time we come home and he he meaning my husband um, the way that he handles that is just he just really just dives into just being the dad. 
The sleep deprivation is the biggest part that really he struggles with. And I mean, we just a great example of him just getting off a 72 hour shift Thursday, Friday, Saturday, came home Sunday morning. He wants to be like, here I am. It's dad. I'm home. What are we doing today? Are we golfing? Are we going to Tahoe? Are we skiing? And you can, I, I can see it in him when I know like you need to sleep. This is not because he's a lot more edgy. He's not as patient. And he's such a patient person. And I'm like, just give yourself time. And because of my schedule, and knowing like this is our only day and the kids schedule, you know, they're in school Monday through Friday. I'm in school Monday through Friday. He kind of has it in his head, like I'll rest Monday. I want to be with my family, such a family man. So he really tries to push through some of that. And I have myself and the kids are old enough now that we're like, no, dad, relax for a little while. We're okay. We'll get, you know, we'll do something this afternoon. But we just faced that on Sunday. He was just in, and that's really the de- the sleep deprivation for him. It really hits him hard. And it sounds like you guys have gotten to that point through time and practice and noticing what it's like to push full steam ahead and noticing what it's like to give him that space to rest so that he can show up more fully for the family. Mariah, would you tell us about how you support your own well-being and then how do you help support your family's well-being? I uh, exercise. <laughs> that definitely helps me a lot. And I just grabbed a Peloton off of um, a used website. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I'm fully addicted. <laughs> but definitely, I have a lot of energy. So really keeping busy is a great self-care for me. Um, also, just getting out of the house five days a week. I absolutely love what I do as a teacher. So that keeps me so distracted and very, very busy with, you know, six and seven year olds. So that really feeds my well-being um, during the day. Also, yeah, just that exercise and the family time. I mean, we're a pretty, pretty tight unit. My husband and I have, um, we're getting ready to celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary and together almost 30. And our time together is really, really important to us. And that really feeds my, my self-care, that time that we do get together. Yeah, so the exercise to help support your energy, and it uh, sounds like you have a lot of meaning and purpose in your job. Just like your husband, it sounds like you love and you're very passionate about what you do. And then family first and foremost, and spending time together. That's awesome. Yeah, and congratulations on that too. That's great. Um, I What would some advice maybe that you would give to um, wives that are coming into kind of this world of maybe early on of, of having a, a, a husband or, or a spouse as a, a firefighter and, and, you know, around anything around the, the scheduling, or I think what I love what you said about the sleep, cause we've heard that over and over. And it's not something that I would have even thought to put at the top of a priority, but how important trying to get that sleep is, but what, what's some advice that you would give to some a spouse? I think it's really important. And I mentioned this a little bit as finding that um, connection of um, that cohort almost, of, especially for our husbands and wives that are working. I'm, I'm looking at this from a fire service perspective, but they go through an academy together and they're spending 12 weeks together learning and growing and they're exhausted and busy. 
they do a family day and I was actually invited just to the last one to talk about that, but find your people, really lean on those people that get it. You know, we have our, even if you're in a tight family unit or you've grown up in this area and you have tons of high school and of friends and a, you feel like you have that community, I think they'll get to a point where they're, they're not going to get what you are going through as a first responder wife so or husband. So find those people that can relate with you. And the best place, at least for that fire service, is you're starting right out there with the academy. And I've been really impressed with our uh, department's academy that they do that family day where they're meeting. And, and not all the first responders that are the new recruits are married. They can bring their girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, a mom or a dad. It's just bringing someone in that family to understand what they're going through or what they're about to embark on. So I think them having that family day is beautiful. And I, like I said, I've spoken with the, um, uh, the instructors there and given them my point on really push that part on finding those people that you can, um, that understand what you're going through at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes so, so much sense. It really, uh, what you've highlighted for us is the community of support within the fire family. And I'm just curious really what you think about, like what can, our society learn from this culture of support within the fire family. Um, yeah, the world, you know, you know, going back to even what Daniel was saying about the like rescue night or, you know, nine one one and Grey's anatomy. Like you have this, I mean, I think TV portrays this, um, family unit within the department and that part of it's real i know whenever i watch any of those shows with my husband he just kind of like smacks his forehead like you got to be kidding me <laughs> but i think one thing that they do do kind of a good job on is they really do make you feel like there's a camaraderie within a department and that is there and i think that um our community can really learn something from understanding that that these are a family they shop together they live together they work together and they're supporting each other through lots of long long days i think that was kind of a i i hope i kind of answered that for you that was yeah i mean it's really building a community a community of support and um showing up for one another in the good the bad and the ugly yeah, absolutely. Um, and is there any resources or anything you want to put out on the podcast as we kind of wrap it up for folks? You know, I would just say, if especially if you're local listening to this, that find me. You know, if you are service related, at least with the fire department, and that's... I. I'm going to say Northern Nevada Firewives, so we can talk about that. I don't know if that wants, you know, we were talking about kind of not keeping it. But uh, I really would love anyone that's in that fire service on my end to get in touch with me. We have so many opportunities to 
meet different people and with the peer support i know that they're recently getting a building where we're going to be able to host some things where we'll be able to meet in person as restrictions are lifted so i'm i would definitely plug the uh, northern nevada peer support network because right there they can get in touch with me and i'm hoping as that grows we'll have more time to meet in person and really start just branching out into doing more and more for not only our first responders but the community in which they serve that's good and so we'll have that website listed in the show notes as well. So make sure you check that out. Mariah, thank you so much for your time and for your energy. Loved your energy today and everything you brought. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks so much, Mariah, for sharing your passion. Oh, Heather, my pleasure. My pleasure. I really just go for any opportunity to just talk about what an amazing community we live in and the the opportunities and the um, ability we have to help others. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Cassette Podcast Network. This podcast has been brought to you by the Cassatt Podcast Network, located within the Center for the Application of Substance Abuse Technologies at the University of Nevada, Reno. For more podcasts, information, and resources, visit cassatt.org.